Hey everyone, it's Adam and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey guys, how's everyone doing today? I hope everyone's doing all right. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, our network churches, all of you with us on Facebook Live, listening on Apple Podcasts, however you're hearing my voice, know that we are overjoyed that you've decided to come and worship with us here. And my hope and prayer for all of us as we step into this brand new year is that God would come and move in each of our own lives individually, that he would move in our relationships, in our home, in our apartment, in our, in our family and also that God will come and move in this church. My hope is as we step into this brand new year, 2022, that all of us would fall more in love with Jesus. Well, I have two quick things to share before we get started. First off, on the Tuesday morning after the Super Bowl, we are having a men's breakfast and we have a guest with us, Chad Beebe, who is a receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Great dude, has a heart of gold. We're gonna be talking about overcoming trials, men, you will not want to miss this morning. It's an hour long. We'll get you out in time so you can go and get to your jobs. The second thing I'm excited to share for the first time that we have booked a speaker for an upcoming ladies night on Saturday, February 19th. We are having a ladies night. We're bringing in Lisa Bevere. Lisa Bevere. She is a best-selling author. She is a pastor, uh, one of the most sought-out speakers in the country, not to mention the world. I've gotten to know Lisa and her family over the last few years. Lisa is one of my favorite human beings. She is witty. She's snappy. She's spunky. Ladies, you are not going to want to miss this. Tickets are $30 a piece. They go on sale right now. Online, you can get your tickets. We have 600 tickets, and we expect them to go almost immediately. And so if you are interested, get a ticket for yourself, get a ticket for your girlfriend. It's going to be a powerful, powerful evening. Just to say it, both of these events are perfect opportunities to tell a friend, a coworker, a family member. It's a perfect opportunity to invite them and tell them about Jesus. We're excited about what these these events are going to do and how God is going to move inside of them. All right? Well, about 10 or so years ago, uh, from the outside looking in, I was in one of the greatest seasons of my life. I was in my late 20s. I was young. My marriage was good. My kids were healthy. My job and my work were both going well. I felt successful, whatever that means. Really, from the outside looking in, my whole life seemed to be up into the right. My life looked perfect, but the truth is on the inside, on the inside, I was not okay. Like I wasn't okay at all. Instead, at the time I was restless. I couldn't sit still. It felt like something was deeply broken inside me, not to mention I was a workaholic. On my supposed day off, whatever that means, I would send emails from my bathroom, which by the way, is just a crappy place to send emails, okay? (laughs) I would send emails from my bathroom. Why? So I could hide the fact that I was working on a day that I was not supposed to be working. That's messed up, by the way. I can remember one time on my, on my day off, Becky came into our bedroom and she found me crying. 
She walked in and she said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I don't know why I'm crying right now. Again, on the outside, things look great, but on the inside, I was a mess. It felt sometimes like I didn't have a soul. And yet as a pastor, and even just away from being a pastor, as a grown adult, I felt like I needed to have my life all together, and yet I clearly didn't. Once again, I was not okay. I wasn't okay. After months, actually years of struggling, I finally decided that I needed to go see a counselor. It was like, something's wrong. I need to go see a counselor. It took a few years to get to that point, but I knew I needed to go. My wife was trying to gently encourage me, like something's not right right now. And so I made the appointment and the day of, uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. I got to the waiting room and I looked around and I kid you not, three other people in the waiting room attended Embrace. In the moment, it's like, are you kidding me, God? Are you kidding me? I mean, I didn't want anyone else to see me there. I was embarrassed and I just wanted to announce the guy who preaches on Sundays, I'm jacked up too. The person who gives the sermons on Sundays, I'm a mess as well. But the counselor, he came out and he rescued me from the waiting room. We went into his office and after some small talk, he just said, so Adam, why are you here? I said back, I don't know why. I don't know. You see, that day I I couldn't explain it. I just knew that I was not okay. And the truth is, I don't think I'm the only one. So just to ask the question today, are you okay? I mean, really, are, are you okay? I always laugh and think it's funny how we lie when we greet people. It's like, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, truth is, my wife and I aren't talking right now, but things have never been better. <laughs> how are you doing? Things, things are awesome. Truth is, I can't remember the last time that I was, I was happy and I just screamed at my kids in our minivan, but things are up and to the right. How are, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Truth is, I can't stop looking at porn. I'm still grieving the loss of my mom from a decade ago. Truth is, last night I thought about killing myself, but otherwise I'm doing really, really well. Sound familiar? Now, obviously, we we shouldn't emotionally puke all over random people, okay? That's just weird and awkward and rude and a bunch of other things. Just don't do that. Puking in general is just not good. But so often we give the same fake surface answers to ourselves. It's like, how am I doing? I'll deal with that later. How am I doing? It doesn't matter. How am I doing? I should probably get back to work. How am I doing? You're fine. Suck it up. Be a man. Be a woman. Get over it. Deal with it. It's life. No one wants to hear it anyways. So suck it up. I mean, I'm not okay, but I'm just going to pretend that it's not there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide. I'm going to cover it up from myself and from others. Just say it again. Does any of this sound familiar? 
at all. So why do we do this? Like, why do we try to hide the fact that we're not okay? I don't know what your answer is. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. For me, it's pride. I'm convinced I shouldn't be struggling. I'm convinced I'm a grown adult and I should be able to fix myself. Even in the waiting room that day, it was shame. I didn't want others, others think less of me. I often worry that if people find out just how broken I am and how messed up I am, that they'll walk away from me. That's me. What about you? Is it fear? Is it pride? Is it shame? Maybe life's been hard for you and you're just trying to survive. It's like, pastor, I'd love to deal with my feelings. In the meantime, I got two jobs of some kids I'm trying to feed and I'm just trying to make sure my bills are paid. Or maybe for you, you're terrified of what you might find if you actually begin to look inside of yourself. Just to ask it again, today, right now, are you okay? Just to help you out, maybe for you, if you're being brutally honest, it's like, I'm not okay, instead I'm jaded. I'm, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm addicted. I feel like I'm failing at what? You name it. I'm not okay. I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing with my life. Like everyone else seems to have this career path. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm not okay. I'm depressed. I'm having an affair. I'm scared. I don't believe in God right now. Everybody sees me as this Christian. That's not me. I'm empty. I'm lying to my spouse right now. I'm unhappy. I'm not okay. Recently, I, I, I met with a guy and at the end, I'll never forget it. He just said, Adam, I don't like the person that I've become. And I just keep doing the same stupid things that I've always done. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Here's the truth, though. Listen to this. It's okay to not be okay. It's kind of crazy, right? Let me say that again. It's okay to not be okay. At one point, Jesus crossed paths with a man who was was not okay. Listen, and here's what we're told. Matthew tells us large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside when suddenly a man with leprosy approached him. Now some backstory here leading up to this, Jesus had just finished teaching to a large group of people, a crowd on the side of a mountain. He just finished preaching something we often refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And afterwards, Jesus comes down this mountain and as he is, as he does, we're told that a man with leprosy approaches him. Now at this time, leprosy may have included a few different diseases that physically would have involved things like swelling and, and rashes, crippling of the hands and the feet, loss of fingers and, and toes, numbness. Oftentimes, a person with leprosy would have a depressed nose, even paralysis. Just to give us an idea of how people would have viewed leprosy at this time, I was, I was studying this week and I came across this quote, no disease was more dreaded in the ancient world than leprosy. No disease was more dreaded in the ancient world than leprosy. And that's just the physical effects. You see, the social and psychological effects would have been even more 
devastating. I mean, in addition to the physical cruelty of this disease, the sufferer would have been banished from society, banished from all relationships, including with friends and family. These relationships were considered dead, over. And the people themselves as were, were seen as living dead people walking around. And they were forced by law to live alone outside of the village. Just try and grasp that. Try and grasp what that does to a person. I mean, this is the picture of hopelessness, misery, loneliness, suffering. Just so we don't miss this, this man who had leprosy, it was crystal clear to everyone, not just him, but to everyone, that he was not okay. Everyone knew he wasn't okay. Listen to this, though. In addition to everything else that we just mentioned, if you had leprosy out of fear of passing on the disease, whenever a person with leprosy got even close to another human being, they were required to shout, unclean, unclean. Imagine that. It's bad enough to have this brutal disease, but you also had to shout it. Like, just imagine if you had to shout out and do that with the places that you struggle. Seriously, imagine having walked down the streets if you had to shout out the places that you were not okay. It's like, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. No one knows this, but I'm a drunk. I can't stop drinking. I'm sleeping around. I'll sleep with any guy who gives me a second look. I'm lying. I'm cheating. I'm unhappy, I'm a cheater, I'm a liar. Last night I thought about killing myself. I'm depressed, I'm anxious. Totally humiliating, right? But this man with leprosy who was clearly not okay in every single way, what did he do? Listen in again. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him, Jesus, and knelt down before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Just so we don't miss this, this man who had leprosy, this man who was required to live outside of the village, this man who was forced to shout that he was unclean, this man who was not okay in every single way, what did he do? He didn't hide from Jesus, he approached him. Again, this man who was not okay in every single way, in all of his not okayness, he didn't hide from Jesus. He approached him. He came to him. He approached Jesus. I'll say it for us. We try and hide our true selves from others, and we even try to hide our true selves from ourselves. But one of the places we seem to hide the most is at church and from God, amen? And with God, just so we know, this is nothing new. I mean, this goes back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They did the same exact thing. They ate from this tree that they weren't supposed to. And as a result, what did they do? They hid. Like since the beginning of time, humanity has been convinced that we need to clean ourselves up, that we need to be good enough for God, that we need to earn his love. And so in the meantime, what do we do? We hide. 
And with church, church is so often, there's this feeling that you need to be perfect. Why? Because everyone else is perfect. That's why we're all going to church, because we're all perfect. And no one is struggling, and everyone's family and marriage and kids and finances and private lives are all doing fantastic, right? And even though we talk about things like forgiveness and, and grace and the cross and Jesus and being able to come as we are and the fact that all of us are sinners, the entire church knows who the real sinners are, right? I don't know if you heard, but she actually had a divorce. I don't know if you know this. He actually went to behavioral health this week. It's his second time. I don't know if you know this. He got a DUI. Got a DUI. I, I don't know the details, but supposedly their kid, you know, they always think they're so perfect. Their kid, he actually got kicked out of college. I don't know the details. I'm, I'm assuming, I don't want to judge, but I'm, I'm assuming he's kind of like his dad and he can't stop drinking. Please pray for them. It's a prayer request, by the way. And so we walk up to church and what do we do? We tuck in our shirt. We tell our spouse to smile. And we hold their hand for the first time since last Sunday when we walked up to church. And we tell our kids to stop looking like they're hungover, even if they are hungover. And we're asked the question, how are you doing? God is good. Doing great. No, we weren't screaming in our minivan. We were actually singing Kumbaya. And we just finished reading our Bibles together. I love Jesus. Everything's fantastic. So often... Church is the very last place to not be okay. Sad, but true. But coming back to this man with leprosy, what did he do? He didn't hide from Jesus. He approached him. In all of his not okayness, he acknowledges that he kneels down before Jesus and he says, if you are willing, you can heal this. If you are willing, you can clean this. If you are willing, you can free me. If you are willing. Look at how Jesus responds. This is truly awesome. It's wonderful. Jesus reached out to the leper and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Just so we don't miss this, this man that everyone else would have avoided, would have been scared of, this man who everyone else had to run in fear of, he highlights the depth of his not okayness to Jesus. And how does Jesus respond? Jesus not only stays there instead of running away, Jesus not only talks to him, Jesus not only says, be healed, which is awesome, but there's more, don't miss this. Jesus didn't run away. He reaches out. Jesus, in this moment with this leper, he, he doesn't run away, he reaches out and he touches him. Jesus reaches out and he touches the specific area of pain, not just physical pain, but also social, like, like psychological and soul pain. He reaches in and he touches him. Just think about this, this man who hadn't been physically touched by another human being. He approached Jesus and Jesus, the man who's fully God, fully man, God himself reaches in and touches him. He touches him. 
To be clear, just like Jesus did with all the other people he could, he, that he had healed previously, he could have healed the man without touching him. And yet out of love, Jesus says, no, this time I need to touch him. Why? So that he understands the depths of my love for him. I'm reaching in. And I'm touching this place of pain. This place of lies, this place of darkness, this place of hiding, this place that everyone else is disgusted by, this place that's defined you. I'm reaching in and I'm touching you. Jesus is saying, I'm not too scared. It's not too gross for me. It's not too much for me. It's not too broken for me. Jesus says, I'm not running away. I said, I'm reaching in and I'm touching you. The one thing that you specifically, specifically, we're not supposed to do with a leper, Jesus does. He reaches out and he touches him. Once again, you and I so often, we're convinced that whatever it is, our not okayness, we're convinced that we need to tuck it in, we need to put a filter on it, we need to put a happy face on it, we need to fix it, we need to do something with it before we could even think about approaching a holy, perfect God. And yet the truth is, if we approach him, Jesus, God, if we acknowledge it before him, he reaches in and he touches us and he cares for us. And he, and he comforts us and he, and he cleans us and he heals us and he, and he frees us. Jesus didn't run away. He, he reaches out. Something that I'll never forget, years back, I went to lunch with one of my, my mentors, a guy named Roger Fredrickson. Roger passed a few years back at the age of 95. He had shared a few times here at the church. Roger was a pastor, an author, an amazing man. We would go out to eat and he felt like you were the celebrity. Everyone from the mayor to business leaders, construction workers, mechanics, guys in recovery. If anybody knew Roger, everybody wanted to come up and say hello and shake his hand. But one time we went out to eat Grill 26. If we were going with Roger, we we're going to Grill 26 and our we, we got there and our, our waitress was this younger gal in her early 20s that you could just tell was tough. I mean, we sat down and I was just like, this gal is a tough chick, no nonsense, don't mess with me type of person. And so we sit down and she takes her order, she gets our drinks, she brings out our, our food. And as she's setting the food down, Roger gently asked her, is there anything we can pray for? She brushes him off. You can just tell she's like, no, old man, you don't understand. I do my job. I bring your food. I make sure you like your food. You pay me. You leave. That's the end of this transaction. Totally blew him off. And so then Roger gently asked another question. He said, do you, do you have any family? Almost immediately, this, this gal began to soften. She said, I have a son. Every
Roger so gently. You could just tell that Roger was being led by God. Quick side note, unless your name is Jesus or Roger, don't even consider asking the next question. Roger asked, what about the dad? Immediately, this gal got visibly emotional. She said, it's just my son and I, the dad's not in the picture. I mean, you could just feel Roger walking into the, to the core of her not okayness. He got quiet. She's just standing there. Then he broke the silence and he just said, I bet you're an amazing mom. And he grabbed her hand and he said, I'd be honored to pray for you. As he did, as he spoke these words, again, this gal just melted emotionally before him. I kid you not, the remainder of our time, she served Roger as if he was the only person in the room. When we got up to leave, she just kept thanking him and thanking him and thanking him. It's something I'll never forget. I mean, this is what Jesus does. This is exactly what Jesus does in this moment with this leper. He's so gentle and kind. He enters into the depth of, his, of this man's pain, the depth of, her, depth of, it, of his heartache, and he's, he's so careful, and his touch is so filled with love. Folks, this is exactly what Jesus wants to do with us. He wants to reach out into our most sensitive places and touch us. Going back to the story again, listen to what happens. Jesus reached out and he touched the leper. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. We said it earlier, it's okay to not be okay. Just for the record, folks, Jesus has been tweeting and posting and snapping that for the last 2,000 years. It didn't start on Instagram. It didn't come from a self-help guru. It came from Jesus. It's okay to not be okay, but there's more. That's not all. Here's the good news. It's okay to not be okay, but Jesus doesn't want us to stay here. It's okay to not be okay, but Jesus doesn't want us to stay here. Again, this man with leprosy, Jesus reaches out and touches him. One step further, he heals him. To be clear, Jesus doesn't come up to the man and give him a high five and say, leprosy, that's great. He doesn't say it's cool to not be okay. Jesus doesn't say, he's not just this random other guy that's nice. Instead, he's different. He says, be healed. He reaches out and he touches him. He heals him. Once again, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be right where we are, to be broken, to be whatever else. But God has more for us. He wants us to experience abundant life with him. He doesn't want us to stay in our brokenness, our pain, our grief. He doesn't want us to stay here. Just to be so clear with this story, 
This man with leprosy, he was instantly healed. He was clean and he was freed instantly. But that's not always the story. Sometimes God does clean us instantly. But other times it's a process. Other times it's a daily act. Sometimes a minute-to-minute act of, of approaching Jesus, acknowledging him, and God slowly heals us from the inside out. Other times, folks, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Other times, God doesn't heal us. Other times, we don't feel free. But in this moment, what, is, what does Jesus do in these moments when he doesn't heal us? He says, I'm going to carry you instead. I'm going to be your strength instead. Don't have any self-control with this addiction. I'm going to be your self-control instead. Are you restless? I'm going to be your peace instead. Are you hopeless? I'm going to be your hope in this place. Are you directionless? Do Do you feel like you don't have a purpose and plan for your life? I'm going to be your direction. In these moments, Jesus comes to us and he says, when you are weak, I'm the God who makes you strong. It's not okay. It's okay to not be okay, but we're not staying here. I'm carrying you out. I'm bringing you out of this dark place. I got more for you to experience. Hold on to me. Today, as as you came in, you should have been given one of these cards. If you're on online. There's, there should be a link there in the comments, but looking at this man with leprosy, if we're not okay, one of the best and most important steps that we can take is to approach him and acknowledge it. By the way, this isn't an instant fix. It doesn't immediately solve all our problems. It's not a silver bullet, but it is a great first step. In my own life, I found that just by acknowledging whatever it is, it's a huge first step in the right direction because when we do, when we come out of hiding, when we try to stop trying to cover it up, when we admit that we're not okay, it's like a light flip, like a light, like a light switch flipping on a light in a dark room. It's like it turns on and all of a sudden we begin to see lies for what they are, lies, and we begin to see truth for what's true. And more than anything else, when we acknowledge it, we invite God into our darkness, into our suffering, into our pain. We're not alone anymore. We've invited God in to our battle, to our struggle. We're saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Jesus, would you come in? I'm tired of hurting like this. Would you come in? When we stay alone, when we, when we stay quiet, when we try to hide and cover it, Satan kicks our butts in this place. It's like right hook to right hook with lies and lies and lies. And we, we stay captive. We, we're held prisoner by him. But again, when we, just, when we just say Jesus, we just hit the light switch. I'm tired of this. We flip it on. And so with these cards... They simply say, I'm not okay, I'm blank. And in this moment right now, I want to challenge all of us online at campuses to fill it out right now. 
Grab a pen, borrow a pen. Just fill it out. Maybe it's one word. Maybe it's a bunch of sentences. You can write as much as you want. Don't put your name or anyone else's name on it, but, but fill in. I'm not okay. I'm blank. I'm not okay. I'm angry. I'm lost. I'm struggling with forgiving someone. I'm struggling with forgiving myself. Maybe it's writing down a secret that you've never, ever brought to God. You've never spoke a word of it. And maybe it's just writing that out. That secret. I don't want to be held captive by this secret anymore. I'm failing as a parent. I'm, I'm addicted to pills, to porn, to drinking, to shopping. Write it down. Again, just by acknowledging it to ourselves, sometimes just seeing it with our own eyes, acknowledging it to God, it brings light into darkness. Once again, this man with leprosy approaches Jesus and he, he acknowledges it. And today I'm gonna challenge all of us to do the same exact thing, myself included. We're gonna sing a song at all campuses and networks. We're gonna, we're gonna sing a song. And as we do, we wanna invite you to bring these cards and place it in one of the baskets and I know this is a huge step of faith. It's way outside of our comfort zones for some of us. But again, just, just like this leper, he approaches Jesus. And so we're doing this. Why? As a, way to, as a way to symbolize, as a way to acknowledge whatever it is to God, as a way of inviting him in, as a way of bringing it to light. We're just saying, Jesus, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I'm not okay. And here's why. It's okay to not be okay but Jesus doesn't want us to stay here. Let's pray. Gracious Father, you're a Father. Heavenly King, you're all powerful. God, we're grateful that you come and you meet us in this place. And I'm so grateful that Jesus doesn't heal this man from afar. Instead, he reaches out, unlike what he's supposed to do. It's taboo, God. He shouldn't be doing this. He reaches out. And he touches him. And so, God, because of that, we can know that you're, you enter our stuff. God, today, if it's not clear why we're not okay, maybe we've been able to keep ourselves busy enough or enough noise that we don't even hear our own soul. Would you just give us a moment to see those things in ourselves? And God, we just acknowledge these things to you. We just bring these things to you. And as we kick off this brand new series, I pray this is the first step to healing, to being clean, to being, to being made free, set free. God, we are grateful for you. We love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.